Greetings and welcome to an Odyssey of Joy. If the Spirit so moves you, would you be kind enough to follow if you are listening and subscribe if you are watching with either. Please like and comment as I'm your grateful host, Dan Riley. As I've mentioned in previous podcasts, research shows that as much as 70% of the world population fears public speaking to one degree or another. That's not hard to believe. Intuitively, we all know this to be true. And here's a little twist for you. And you can count me among the minority in this respect. I believe a little fear of public speaking is a good thing. I place fear in quote marks because there are more precise words to describe what I'm talking about. Soon I'll dedicate an entire podcast to this topic. Fear of public speaking is a phenomenon with both evolutionary and psychological causes. One of the more common psychological manifestations of this fear is known as the imposter syndrome or phenomenon. It is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite all the external evidence to the contrary. When it comes to public speaking, those experiencing this syndrome have serious doubts about their qualifications for speaking on certain subject. They're haunted by the notion there might be others in the audience who are more knowledgeable or experienced on the topic than they are. And the thought of being asked a question by the audience that they could not answer mortifies them. Hence, they feel like an imposter. Individuals with imposterism incorrectly attribute their success or good fortune to the dark side of the Matthew effect. I'll explain what that is in just a second. They incorrectly interpret their success coming from deceiving others into thinking they are more skilled than they perceive themselves to be. Early research found that the prevalence of the imposter syndrome mostly affected high-achieving women. Of course it did. We all understand why. In Western society, to this very day, women are still breaking through into leadership roles, careers, and industries that were once the sole province of men. Currently, however, the syndrome is recognized to affect both men and women equally. Okay, so what the hell is the Matthew effect? I first heard the term decades ago during a lecture from the late, great Jim Rohn. However, his lecture was titled The Parables of the Talents, an obvious biblical reference. More, spe more specifically, the King James Version of Matthew. In a nutshell, the Matthew effect states, the richer get richer and the poor get poorer. The phrase Matthew effect was coined by a sociologist named Robert Burton back in the early 60s. It is probably a good idea for you to hear the parable. Now, when you hear the word talents in this parable, it is not referencing, referencing God-given abilities or skills of any kind. Talents were simply a measure of money at that time. The parable goes like this. A prosperous landowner was leaving on a journey. But before he left, he entrusts his servants with his property while he's away. To one, he gives five talents. To another, two. And to the last servant, he gave one talent. To each according to their ability. 
the one who received five talents proceeded at once to trade with them and made five more. As did the one who had two talents, and he received two more talents. But the one who had received one talent dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time had passed, the master returned to settle his accounts with the servants. Master, you delivered me five talents, and I made five more. The master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. The servant with two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered me two talents here, and I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. The servant who received one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, take what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, if you knew that I reaped where I had not sown, and gathered where I scattered no seed, then you ought to have invested my money with the banks. And at my coming home, I should have received what was mine plus interest. So he takes the one talent from him and gives it to the servant who has ten. For whoever has, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even that which they have will be taken from them. And he cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in a place where there will only be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This parable is an exhortation that one should use their God-given talents, now talent by our definition, not the biblical one, and abilities in the service of others, and not to be afraid to take risk in that pursuit. And they must use their talents they were given or they'll be taken away. For those would-be public speakers who suffer from the imposter syndrome, they are identifying with the portion of the Matthews parable that says the poor get poorer. They have an underlying feeling they are unworthy of their accomplishments. In other words, they feel like a fraud, an imposter. There is also another type of imposter syndrome that many public speakers suffer from, especially those in the corporate environment. This type comes from living a fragmented life. We tend not to be the same person at work as we are at home, not the same person with our baseball buddies as with our coworkers. We're not the same person shuffling at a music festival, not the same person making TikTok videos, not the same person playing Call of Duty, We tend not even to be the same person while stuck in traffic as we are with our coworkers. All right, we know the imposter syndrome is real when it comes to public speaking. What do we do about it? Here are five steps one can take to overcome the syndrome. Number one, congratulations. You have just taken the first step. 
just by becoming aware that there is something called the imposter syndrome and that boatloads of people suffer from it, just realizing you are not alone goes a long way to begin overcoming it. Number two, determine the root cause or causes. Do I feel like a fraud because I don't know the subject matter? Do I feel inferior because of the corporate initiative to recruit more women and minorities into management? How can I be seen as an expert to people that are as old as my parents? I can't believe that I'm the boss for a woman as old as my mom. Number three, if the answer is as simple as you don't know the subject matter, it's an easy fix. Learn the damn subject inside and out. But my experience tells me it is rarely that simple. And if that's the case, here is number four. Practice free writing or sometimes it's called direct writing. Whatever it is that you produce regarding the root cause or causes, list that at the top of a piece of paper in the form of a question. Here's an example. Why is it that every time Mrs. Jones is in the audience, I feel like a total dunce? Then for 15 minutes, write whatever comes to your mind as an answer to that question. And don't stop writing. Don't correct the spelling. Don't worry about grammar or punctuation. Don't read what you have just written. If you run out of thoughts during that exercise, rewrite the last sentence you wrote. Five times if you must. If you're still stuck, write, this exercise sucks, repeatedly. The idea is to get past your judgment and analytical mind and gain access to your deeper mind where all the answers are. And as the wise men of antiquity claim, you can't form a question for which you don't already have the answer. And number five, commit to living with more authenticity. Everyone can benefit from this, and especially those working in a corporate environment. Gradually begin to integrate some of your many selves. Let your coworkers know you've got a tattoo or two under that long sleeve shirt. That your favorite pastime is rave parties, or that you spend most weekends participating in Call of Duty tournaments, or that you sing in the church choir. I'm not suggesting for a minute that your life becomes an open book for all to see, but just enough so that you can feel whole at work. When we live fragmented lives, we fragment our energy as well. We are not bringing the whole of our power to all the different aspects of our lives. This may well be the single best antidote to the imposter syndrome. Striving to live more authentically. As I conclude here, let me implore you for a favor. I've begun simulcasting this podcast with YouTube, as well as gradually migrating some of my audio-only podcasts over. But YouTube is a tough place to gain traction. So, if you would be so kind and find the time to subscribe, like, and comment on my YouTube channel, I would deeply appreciate it. It helps in moving their algorithms in my favor. That said for today, that's all there is. This is Dan Riley taking you on an odyssey into oratory. Until next time, throw up those lines, sail away from the sea, catch the trade winds in your sail. We're on the move.